Hello guys. Long time no speak. So it's definitely been a while since I've recorded. I do apologize. Um I it's so weird. Like of course like at the beginning of the year, like, I'm gonna publish an episode every week. And then like that doesn't happen. Anyway, I'm getting there. I will get there. I will have it figured out by the end of the year. I promise. I don't promise you, I promise myself. Um sorry. Um, yeah. It's March. I don't know how, but it is March. And it's a little weird. Um, March is an important month for me. Um, because my birthday is in March. Aries season is in March. Um, mm. I don't even know what to talk about. This episode will kind of be a lot of different things. Um, And as usual, it will be recorded across various time periods during a day or a week because that's how I roll. Um, Yeah. It's really weird to create an episode not from a place of I don't know, like, distress or, like, intensity or stress. Um, Because I feel like the first couple of episodes that I created were that, right? It was Mercury, not Mercury retrograde, oh my God. Um, The eclipses of uh, 2018. And now we're at Uranus in Taurus. We just had a new moon a couple of days ago. We just had Mercury stationing retrograde. And it doesn't, at least to me, feel as chaotic as we have kind of painted it to possibly be, which is really interesting. Um, As I've said multiple times on Twitter, my natal Mercury is in Pisces. I swear to God, I'm literally just a echo chamber. I say the same five things over and over again. Um, (laughs) And yeah, you know, and so like, I feel a really big weight lifted off of my shoulders with Mercury being, oh, hold on a second. I have to travel to Virginia this morning to take my brother to a birthday party, and I forgot to look and see what time it's at. Okay, we're good. Um, it's all there's like, I'll be in Virginia at nine thirty. Like, takes an hour to like drive to their house. It is literally eight fifty two. Like, I will not be there at nine thirty. I don't even know if I'll be there at like ten o'clock. I probably won't. Um, and so what was I saying? Yeah, I just, I, you know, Uranus has moved off of all of my personal planets and is literally traveling through a vast field of nothingness for the next couple of years. You know, I don't have any Taurus placements. I have lots of stuff in Scorpio, but like, I won't feel that again, until like halfway through the transit, I have, you know, my midheaven and my, you know, important 
points of the in my IC are at the 28th degree of Leo. So like I just don't you know, I'm like chilling right now. And it's very weird and maybe lots of Aries people or people with Aries placements can kind of like resonate with this really odd feeling where it's like life was so chaotic and life was so dramatic and so extreme and now there is just so much peace there's just a time where things are just coming in no questions asked just being dropped at your feet and it's just like oh thanks it's so weird and it's really odd how quickly the things that I want just manifest right on the fucking spot it's like having years in which you're fighting the universe and finally the universe is like okay I'm done and they just walk away and it's over and you're like are you done yeah I'm done and like look what I like left you on your coffee table and it's like a gift and you're just like what the fuck was that you know um so I guess that's what it feels like to be at the end of a Uranus transit. What the fuck just happened? Yeah. And so it's a bit of an odd place to be in. As I've said to multiple friends before, like I don't associate life happening um, with chaos. I associate it with peace. Um, my life is relatively boring right now and I'm okay with that. Um, but a certain amount of calmness that there is, is also kind of anxiety inducing in a way. Cause I feel like there are things that are yet to happen. And again, I say this because of where the planets are right now. And I know that it feels very quiet right now, but there will be a moment where it is not quiet anymore, especially with this Mercury retrograde. Um, so if you are also experiencing this, it's probably because you are not a Mercury or Mercurial person. So if you don't have any major placements or just, you know, by major, I mean like personal planets really kind of important points like the Ascendant, um, the IC, the Descendant, the Midheaven in Gemini or Virgo, you're probably just chilling right now. And I have a Virgo moon and I'm not tripping at all. So like that's also kind of just like weird to me. Like I don't feel really understood, but I also don't care. I feel misunderstood all the time. Mercury and Pisces um so it's like whatever you know it's like okay (laughs) what's new all right bet moves on like what like who cares um it's just probably it's just really weird it's like all of these retrograde things are not happening to me but they're happening around me and I can like watch them um but as I said I don't think that will be for long like the part uh it's Mercury is traveling backwards from 29 degrees of Pisces and it will be there 
it won't touch anything in my natal chart until the end of the retrograde. So like I won't feel it until like the end of March, um, which is really weird to me because, you know, as people have said, be very careful. Your mind will change. Things will change. And, you know, I I guess to me, I've kind of come to turn when you view Mercury retrograde as like a thing that's like fighting you or beating you down. I feel like that's what the experience becomes. That's just not how I feel about Mercury retrograde. I feel like it's a really great time to get popcorn and watch other people just lives just completely just like flip or like things just kind of happen. It's just like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, this is funny. Um, You know, I don't, I will travel during a Mercury retrograde. I will do all of the things during a Mercury retrograde. It never has really seemed like, at least over the past couple of years, it just not has not seemed like that very, that big of a deal. And so also the like last two um, March Mercury retrogrades have been in my solar return chart. Oh my God. Um, and it's never, you know, and that's kind of the energy for the year. And that's never really felt any really odd either right it's just like oh okay like I guess this is a year of introspection and I think you know you figure out and you come to terms relatively quickly um with what exactly it is that the retrograde is asking you to do instead of looking at it as like oh I'm late to work I this I that I you know those things are so trivial you guys being late to work be missing a flight being late to a particular place or seemingly missing some type of opportunity or window, um, something happening to your phone, something happening to your computer, you know, um, there was like maybe three years in a row where like every Mercury retrograde, like my computer just fucking died, um, or something happened to my fucking computer. And it's like, at the time, those things can be very intense and really stressful, um, which is real, but I think sometimes the material ways that the, um, the transit can occur can really distract from the overall purpose of what it is. As it said, technology slows down, people, transportation, communication slows down because it's time to reflect. And we don't live in a society that's very conducive to being reflective or taking time to take a step back or look back and see the things that have kind of been done or wronged, right? We look at the way that we make mistakes at work or things kind of happen, you know, at a workplace, also things ruled by Mercury, right? Um, Or the working environment or coworkers. It's never usually, ah, this is a lesson learned. Let's look and see what we can learn from this. It's let's kind of just mull over this point and then it keeps popping up over and over again and we're like why does this thing keep happening or you know an employee does something over and over again and no one says anything but then they want to fire them right you know it it it's part of the culture right um being most people with the exception of probably you (laughs) listening and some of the people that you're proximity to are not very introspective that's just a reality. We live in a world where that is very much so the reflection of people not being um, introspective. And so I think, you know, I guess this is my Mercury retrograde chat for you all. Really, as I have kind of said, you know, take time to listen in a different way. Take time to reflect 
and learn and understand and internalize you know what's happening around you in a very very different way this is mercury in pisces this is not mercury in gemini this is not mercury in aquarius libra you know words there are no words right that's another really interesting thing that you guys should th- keep in mind right now we don't have with the exception of maybe venus which is in aquarius we do not have any planets that are in um air right now and I think Ann Ortley last year had described this very well when there is no air in the chart there is no words you know what I mean the words are not there to describe the thing and so we are being encouraged to really feel it out to really sense it and to really see it you know use your senses earth right you know use your heart fire Use your emotions and your feelings, be able to catch on to kind of the subtleties of the ways that people communicate with us and the things that we're missing and not understanding. You know, one thing that I've really noticed um, during Mercury in Pisces is how oblivious people are to the body language indicators of other people. There was a situation yesterday in my office that drove me insane. I ended up being at work a lot longer than I had anticipated, right? Our office closes to clients at five o'clock. Clients were not out until 5.30. And it was a group um, of people who had generally, you know, they were very kind, very sweet, and we were helping them, but they had kind of overstayed their welcome and kind of viewed the space as like, oh, let's just chill here and sit here instead of like getting a service and then leaving, you know? Um, and this woman, oh my would not, you know, she was working with someone to help her with her resume and her, you know, and all that good stuff. And she would not sit down. She would not stop moving, getting up, asking, you know, questions, fiddling with things, rummaging through supplies, going through, you know, doing just all of breaking all of the kind of unsaid rules of a space. Right. And I, being the person that I am, you know, I am feeling overwhelmed because I don't generally like people. I know as hard as that is to believe, I do not like people. Um, <laughs> you know, I like to be very selective about the ways that I choose to interact with people. I don't have a job that really allows me to do that, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, nevertheless, you know, in having this kind of interaction, I'm like, oh my goodness. Can you sit down? Can you stop? Can you not see that everyone, that the the way or the, the energy or the vibe of the room, like if we're going there, has dramatically been altered because of your inability to stick to, you know, unsaid rules of how we should I don't want to say conduct, like, this isn't a respectability thing at all. This is a thing about being, you know, mindful of being in a space and mindful that there are other people there as well, you know. And in a way, it was, I felt like I was kind of being treated like, one, a servant, and then two, someone who also just doesn't know what they're talking about or doesn't know what they're doing, right? And so I was just kind of fed up and really annoyed. And it was very interesting to me that, you know... I 
not on purpose, but very unknowingly, you know, the the Scorpio rising thing, um, (laughs) put up my defenses to make when someone is doing things that I do not find acceptable or that are infringing upon my boundaries, right? And so I will adjust my body language. I will adjust the way that I speak um, for someone to kind of take a hint, like maybe you should leave this person alone, right? Maybe that's not as clear cut as saying things, but let's keep in mind that the words are not there. I'm also someone who has no air in their chart at all, right? So I will use body language and other things to get my point across. Um, And so, you know, I'm maneuvering the space to, you know, in a way that conveys, please leave me alone. I am doing X, Y, Z. There is someone who is trying to help you. Please sit with that person and finish getting helped so that you can leave and so that we can leave, right? And she just didn't get it. She just kept talking to me. She just kept, and it's just like, I, do you, are you not picking up on the social cues? Are you not picking up on the body language? Are you not reading what's happening right now? So it was very interesting to me. Of course, it was frustrating and just gave me so, oh my God, my cortisol levels were through the fucking roof at the end of the day. I just needed to go home. Um, but it's like, do why, what don't you, why are you not understand? Like, why don't you understand? Like, you know, and so I feel like this is a time for all of us to become a lot more aware of the things that people are trying to communicate to us that we're not picking up on. Yeah. Um, To see the way that other people are trying to communicate with other people that they're not picking up on. If you listen to, and I posted this, Jessica Lanyadu's Ghost of a Podcast episode that she just recently did, I think it's titled like, the downside of being a highly sensitive person or something like that. But at the end of it, which that part of the the podcast was really good. She starts it off by like talking about um, like a situate, like she answers questions for people. If you have astrological questions and stuff like that, you definitely should go to her. Um, Maybe I'll do questions eventually. I don't really feel like it right now. Um, You know, once you you know, after that, then she talks about the astrology for the week. And she was talking about Mercury and Pisces in terms of the attitudes that we have towards marginalized people, Um, which was very interesting, you know, to kind of have that perspective, given the fact that what is Pisces? Pisces, um, the process in, um, again, Dane Rudyard's um, An Astrological Mandela, he describes the the Piscean section of the astrological wheel of the astrological mandala as collectivization, right? It is where all of the differing parts of society meet together. It is where we see the blending of the physical, the mental, the spiritual, the emotional. It is where we see the blending of race and gender and sexuality um, all of the various ways that we define ourselves become one. You know, the thing with Pisces is that the idea of boundaries, the idea of control is an illusion. 
And because of that, there can only be one. There is only oneness, right? And so we are given an opportunity to dissect the way that we look at this oneness and the way that we have divisive ideas, attitudes, and beliefs, um, opinions, um, ways of speaking, you know, ways of communicating that highlight the reasons why it makes it so hard to be one, right? It is how we look at the fact that there are two fish, right? We, it is how we cannot move past the one fit, the two fish being separate to, if I hope this makes sense, it probably doesn't, you know, um, the two fish to it being one, to that oneness being the thing that's behind it, right? Um, and so, you know, it that idea within itself is, is so multi-layered, right? It is literally examining all of the different ways in which we misunderstand each other, you know, and the ways in which we perpetuate systems that are hurting each other through our ideas and through our beliefs on a very micro level. And so for many people, it will be that it is just brought in through interactions um, at work or interactions with friends, you know, depending on whatever area of the chart that this is happening in for you. And it's just very interesting um, and very kind of eye-opening and insightful. I've seen how this energy has kind of expressed itself um, for me um, when it comes to friendship and it comes to you not knowing and seeing, you know, if anyone go to my Twitter and look at the the tweet that I the tweet thread that I had I think it was a couple of days ago you might have to scroll through like all the, the stupid nonsense that I post um to find it but I was talking about you know Mar- Mercury in Pisces is asking us how long are we going to continue to ignore something that has always been there you know and this conversation oddly enough has really that idea has really been brought up through the lens of race at least that is the way that I have noticed it the most um when we're looking at Rep Omar um when we're looking at if you listen to so Amber Khan just posted an an episode about um where she was talking about the Chloe Card Kardashian Jordan thing as trivial as that kind of sounds the way that she kind of dissected it in terms of the racial element that we're overlooking in terms of what we're overlooking in the way that our um our kind of needs and our repressions um impact our ability to kind of show up for other people and ultimately can put individuals in danger um really looking at that I was like oh my god like this is it like it's literally understanding that the micro impacts the macro um because again that idea of collectivization that idea of oneness there is no separation and because there is no separate separation all of the small parts impact the whole impact the way that the thing shows up and so it's very you know again one person not picking up on social cues and hints or having the inability to 
really just accommodate people within a space, completely shifting and changing the dynamic of that space and making it extremely uncomfortable for everybody. You know what I mean? That's literally the type of world that we live in. And so it's very interesting how kind of convoluted, but also how complex and paradoxical this Mercury in Pisces Mercury retrograde in Pisces is and I feel like if you get so caught up in I was late to work if you get so caught up in my computer doesn't work something happened to my phone you are going to miss this you are going to miss the importance of this transit and you are going to miss the things that you really need to see and the things that you really need to be focusing on. And I'm not saying that it's not important that you're like late to work. I'm not saying that it's not a burden if your fucking phone breaks. It is. That has a financial cost to it, right? For a lot of people, if some things like that happen, a lot of people live fucking paycheck to paycheck. I get it. I understand. But you also are listening to this and you know what place I come from. And you know that I'm coming from a place where we're talking about ways of identifying and being able to create a better world for one another. And this is just one of those transits in which that is the case. You know, I feel like there is in my own way of kind of thinking and understanding, again, going back to how I'm internalizing this transit, I feel like I can be so blind to the experiences of other people And I can get so caught up in taking things so personally and not really understanding that people are multi-layered, you know, people are paradoxical in nature and that not everything has to fucking do with you. You know, this was one of my co-star updates. It's like other people's personal lives have nothing to do with you. Other people's personal lives have nothing to do with you. Of course, that is true and also not true, but I think you understand what I mean, right? It's like there are things that people are experiencing that you cannot fucking see, and that's okay. That doesn't mean that that is a rejection of you. That does not mean that there is something that you could be doing. Maybe sometimes what you need to do is just sit around and fucking wait and re-look at the situation instead of looking at it so through so narrow-mindedly and looking at it in terms of how it impacts you and really kind of get behind what it really is, you know? And I'm someone who generally knows how to do that, but I'm not perfect. I know that I don't do that a lot too, you know? Um, And that is one of the things that I'm trying to work on. And so in kind of seeing that again and missing, you know, the the layers to people's existence and the things that people are dealing with are oftentimes very, you know, they're by no means light, you know, Um, people are dealing. Oh, wow. This bird is beautiful. A lot of like really heavy things that people don't really have the space to deal with in our society. You know what I mean? Again, this goes back to the idea of race and gender, um, mental illness, um, grief, um, family issues, you know, um, issues with a partner, you know, all of these different things that, you know, are really kind of created and governed by the laws, you know, that we've kind of arbitrarily kind of put together as a society that impact the way that our world looks, you know, and the way that our world, that we can show up in the world, right? It's very interesting and it's very great that this time is here to to reflect here because I feel like to a certain extent there also is a being called to really be reflective of some of the mm, Chiron and Pisces things that we've kind of looked over and, and had to experience and understand, right? Um... And so, again, 
be very intentional about how you use this time. Um, it is extremely important. Um, you know, not that any, you know, Mercury retrograde is more important than the other, but I feel like these water sign Mercury retrogrades are incredibly important because of how detached our society has us from our emotions and from how we feel, um, and how, how we feel, um, and some of the, the emotional things that we carry impact other people. And so this will be a really great time to look at that and evaluate that and see that, you know, this is on a collective scale. When we get to Mercury in Pisces, it will be, I'm sorry, Mercury in Cancer, um, it will be on a very individual level that we're able to do that, um, where we're, there is the awareness of our feelings and how they impact the the world around us, right? There will be a when we get to Mercury in Scorpio, oh my God, there will be that awareness within our interpersonal relationships. So within those one-on-one intimate connections that we form with individuals, with with each other, you know, where we see that um, and we understand that, you know. So this is a really exciting time. Um, I know I just kind of like word vomited a lot at you guys, um, but definitely listen to Jessica and Latin Yado, Ghost of a Podcast, the hyper you know what the sensitivity episode. It was literally just two weeks ago, or just last week. It was that episode. She publishes a new episode every Sunday, and then the Ambercon finding Candyman, which was very ooh. It was that shit is good. That shit is good. It is so good it will just have you like whoa and I will also say in addition to that listen to her episode the test if you want your mind fucking blown when you get to the the fucking end of that you know those two episodes are actually extremely connected to one another um in terms of the way that we look at gender and also the way that we look at race and the kind of intersections you know everything is intersectional um so definitely check it out all right I'm going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to revisit this conversation about Uranus in the sign Taurus. And so I guess I'll have a special message for all my Taurian folks, as well as some additional messages for my Aries peeps. Okay, thank you so much for listening. I'll be back. Alrighty, um, bear with me. I am recording while I'm driving because if I don't, I will just not make time. Um, but yeah, where are we? We're talking about Uranus in Taurus. So, interestingly enough, there are a lot of things happening in the sky right now that have this really weird and strange, like, Saturn-Uranus relationship thing kind of happening. So, the sign... Um, I mean, the planet or the asteroid Chiron, which I mentioned in the last episode, if you haven't listened, please go listen. Um, I think there was kind of important um, 
information that kind of lied there um, that I feel like I will kind of try to contextualize, if that is the word, um, for people, for both Aries um, and my Taurus folks. Okay. So, as we know, last month, Chiron left the sign of, and this is, again, we're just, I'm just taking a look at, like, the, the archetypal way that this is kind of expressing itself. So, Chiron left Pisces um, for the sign of Aries, um, and it will be there for the next seven years. Um, as we know, Uranus was in Aries since 2011, I believe. So I think I was my junior year of high school. So odd. Interesting. Um, that's kind of when the idea of who I thought I was started to just completely disintegrate. And now I am who I am now, right? Um, and so, but that's what Uranus does. And so, you know, as I had mentioned before, Chiron is smack dab in between Saturn and Uranus. And so it kind of plays this really weird game where it gets stuck in between boundaries and limitations, which of course is Saturn, um, and freedom, which is Uranus, right? And so interestingly enough, um, you know, Chiron spends more time in a sign when it is caught in the orbit of the planet Saturn. And so the relationship between these two planetary bodies is very, you know, when we look at the, the, the words, the keywords that we use to describe the two planets, of course, you know, Saturn being a, a planet of reality and boundaries and limitations and some of our greatest fears um, and a certain amount of rigidity that we have. And we think about Chiron in terms of like the wound that we have usually stemming from something so deeply connected to our childhood and kind of a wound that we've really centered our being around, to be quite honest. Um, you see you know, the way that the wound is a, a space of, of hurt in a place uh, that we are afraid of, in a place that kind of limits us, right? And kind of holds us back from who we, to truly, who we are to truly be. Who we are to truly be. I hope that made sense. If it didn't, I apologize. And with the planet Uranus, you know, the idea is I will be free, I will be liberated, it is a place of transcending limitations and boundaries, right? And so we find that in our Chiron journey, that's exactly what it is that we're doing, right? We are transcending um, a pain that we have kind of faced, um, transcending a sort, of, a sort of limitation, going beyond and breaking free of the limitations that have been placed upon us so that we can become closer to who we truly are and use who we truly are in this part of ourselves to be a teaching 
um, and kind of learning moment for other people, right? Which again, talked about in the last episode. Go listen to it. <laughs> um, and so, interestingly enough, right now, Taurus, talking to you, the planet or the you know asteroid Chiron is chilling in your twelfth house. The twelfth house is. All that was before you um, and all that is before you, right? And all of the possibility, it is the doorway between everything prior to your existence and every possible way that you could exist beyond the 12th house. Because the first house, of course, is your consciousness, right? Um, And, you know, I'm speaking to Taurus, but this is, anyone can take this nugget of information and utilize it in some particular way. Um, And so Chiron is digging and working through your 12th house um, and really pulling up some of the subconscious wounds that you have faced. And in the in your conscious world Uranus is like oh we're about to have some fucking fun. We're about to fuck your shit up. In the best way though, right? This is a time in which you expect the unexpected. Um, you expect to be shocked, surprised, for things to suddenly change. For the moment that you think you haven't figured out everything to change again. Um, it is a time, if I'm being quite honest, of loss. Um, it is a time in which you are being called to, I'm sorry, being forced to shed your skin in ways that will make you extremely uncomfortable. And you will be like, what the fuck is happening? I don't get it. I'm taking so many L's. This doesn't make sense. Now, I think to a certain extent, the Uranian energy works really well with the sign Aries because Aries are naturally pretty fucking chaotic. Um, and they do revel on change and fickleness and changing of direction and focus. Oh, changing of direction and focus. Oh my God, where did you come from? A car, sorry. Um, changing of direction and focus relatively quickly. Um, burning bridges, doing, you know, all of the things, right? And so while it is kind of an uncomfortable point because it was a growth point, for us and that is kind of an area in which we can struggle with because sometimes we are so and this is to the Aries so self-obsessed and so self-centered that we can't really see the meaning or reasoning behind the changes especially if they're out of our doing and that is or outside of our realm of doing right and that's the the um, Uranus part of it right it's the universe Um, If you look at the symbol for Uranus, this is one of them. It is the sun with an arrow pointing up, right? It is outside the realm of restriction and boundary, which is Saturn. There is no control. You forget that Uranus was the father of Saturn. Um, And so, you know, daddy runs this shit. Um, (laughs) And so it makes you know fixed signs 
Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, Aquarius, you know, have that desire for stability, right? Um, however, I feel like Aquarians and Scorpios, to a certain extent, really just revel in and thrive in kind of chaos, and they and they kind of secretly like it, even though they'll pretend that they don't, right? They definitely, like, oh, shit is getting fucked up. I like this, you know? Um, and so that, on the other hand, Leo and Taurus are like, oh, things are, oh, that's disgusting. Oh my God, stop. Why are things changing? What is happening? What the fuck is going on? I, no, thank you. Like we're over here eating macaroons and taking bubble baths. Why the fuck is there an earthquake right now? You know, is the kind of feeling that's there. Because there is a certain lifestyle and comfort um, in which um, they are very comfortable in. The tourist, the bull, loves the, the green pastures. You take it out and you put it in the streets and you try to make it, you know, run and chase after people and flash red in front of it. It, it loses its fucking mind, right? The It was so interesting. Um, when I went to Evercon, I will continue to mention this woman, um, her New York satsang back in February... Um, she was talking about Leo, you know, we forget that Leo was a cat, right? Um, how cats hate to be caged in, but they will invite themselves into the cage, right? They will remain kind of locked up and restrained. Um, they will imprison themselves, right? And so there is, again, these two signs, there is a certain amount of comfort, um, that they maintain for themselves. Well, I feel like for and it's a physical outwardly expressed comfort whereas with Aquarians and Scorpios it's an internalized comfort that they do not allow things outside of them to kind of like penetrate change or alter which is why they're okay with chaos it's like oh shit is burning down that's fine it's not me you know um and so until the moment that it does impact them and they're like okay then fuck that that's enough um <laughs> And so, you know, but even then it's like they do like to be a little bit chaotic themselves, right? Um, Self-induced chaos. Um, And so here we have you all, um, Taurus, in a time where you are being called for the next seven years to become extremely uncomfortable and to lose a sense of everything that makes you feel stable and comfortable everything I'm, and I, when I say everything I mean everything um, all of the ideas that you had for yourself about your values about your self esteem about money finances all of those things are coming into question right now and the universe by really shaking things up and really kind of you know to be quite honest just making things a, a little bit difficult for you is going to ask you how much this thing is important for your value system. How much is this important for your stability and comfort? And what you will find is that many of these things are very arbitrary and very mundane and don't necessarily align with what it is that, again, ensures you to feel stability and security. You are asked to transcend the ideas that you have of what that looks like and really make it into something concrete and real and unshakable 
I think the interesting thing is when you get to the other side of this transit, if you allow it to do what it's trying to do for you, you will really see that you've kind of had yourself fucked up in terms of the way that you think about stability and security. And you'll be able to look at it in a very different way and the value system that you uphold for yourself and that you hold other people by as well will be that much stronger, right? But of course the thing is that you have to go through it first. And I think that's kind of what is most daunting to you. I think that's what's most daunting to anybody um, who's kind of facing this transit is that we are really about to face some extremely turbulent times on a personal level, on an interpersonal level, and on a collective level. Because there are things that we need to understand and learn about the way the systems of, st of stability, the routines that we kind of have in our daily lives. Um, the sign of systems and kind of foundational structures that kind of govern, you know, this isn't like governance in terms of like Saturn, but like, you know, Taurus is agriculture, you know, it is those basic kind of needs, a home, um, it is having clean water, it is all of those basic, you know, systems that we need to be able to survive, right? If we look at, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, this is very much so the, the very the first three signs are like those very foundational things, right? Being able to have somewhere to sleep, being able to have, you know, food, being able to have a sense of belonging to connect with individuals, right? All of those kind of foundational things. We're being called into question about, you know, what is more important to us in this realm? What is most important and what can be the most stable and what is the most practical and reliable way for our society and for us to reinforce these systems for ourselves in a way that makes them long-standing, that makes them stable and unshakable? Because the thing is with Uranus in, in, in Taurus, you know, we're saying to ourselves, oh, all of these things, all of these systems, you know, are falling apart these things that we've you know looked at and like have really found to be incredibly important and you know necessary in our society they're falling apart like oh my god if they were meant to last and be as stable and quality and valuable as they really are they would not disappear that's just the truth you know what i mean um and we and that kind of goes into the, the different ways that this transit will kind of express itself um internationally i know about a year ago um, over a year ago when we first started, you know, astrologers started having this conversation about Uranus and Taurus, um, there was lots of talk about cryptocurrency um, and like, oh, cryptocurrency is about to become this really hot thing. And it's interesting because I feel like we see that cryptocurrency is not as stable as we thought it was. There's been a lot of people who have recently kind of lost money, but it is an important kind of conversation. Again, we're looking at Uranus and Taurus is the revolution, revolutionization, revolution is that a word? Oh my God. I, I don't have words. Um, how we revolutionize um, finances, money, literal things that have value. This is material, tangible things, right? Um, how those things can change or how they need to change, how we need to revolutionize them um, and kind of seeing those dramatic changes um, that are kind of necessary to them. Let me not miss this, miss this fucking exit. Um, hold on one second. Like one minute. Because I'm really trying not to miss this. Why is everyone slowing down? 
was like all fired up and now I'm like, ooh, the road. Yeah, driving. Um, maybe I should record while I'm driving all the time. I promise I get like all of my best insights while driving. Um, things just come to me. So, um, what was I saying? Yeah, so like our, our money system is going to change. Um, you know, there's been lots of talk about how, you know, valueless our fiat currency, you know, is, um, the fiat money system that we have in the United States where we're literally just printing a piece of fucking paper and saying that it has value. Whereas there are, mm, I should look up the astrology of this. If anyone is familiar with, um, Gaddafi in, in Libya and how the United States government assassinated this man. Um, and how have they have kind of created a, a vacuum in that area now, you know, people are slaves or people are enslaved in the, there are African people being enslaved in the fucking country of Libya, Libya, because of the shit that the Obama administration did, right? Um, before Gaddafi was assassinated, he was looking to unite with other African leaders, um, to create, a, a money system in across the African continent, kind of similar to how Europeans have their euro, right? Um, a gold-backed um, money system that would ensure that their money system, not only were we able to kind of see, you know, there be a kind of collective rise in the wealth of the African continent, but also it was a, a form of money that would never lose value because it's literally fucking gold, right? We look at our money system again where it's literally just made out of fucking paper it really doesn't mean shit you know our pennies I think after 1984 I don't know if anybody remembers you know if you went to a public school where we did like the experiment with fucking pennies um in chemistry class to like see how much copper was in them you know copper is a valuable metal um especially if you're someone who you know meditates um I definitely suggest that you get copper um amazing um metaphysical properties um and that was in our money oh oh my god um and so you know after 1984 the you know the value of that has 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 decreased and we don't have coins that are even made of up of valuable materials right it's literally what are fucking nickels are made out of nickel i don't fucking know what this shit is made out of it's it's trash you know and so we will see that you know, we have our nuthead president who was like, oh, let's just print more fucking money. That's the solution to, you know, all of the, the economic problems that we have right now. Ugh. You know, we see this giant student loan um, <laughs> debt crisis, the, the student loan debt crisis that's happening across our country. There's go shit is going to get insane. Um, and I'm going to say this and I'm not trying to scare people, but like, and I think I said this in the episode at the beginning of the year. You need to, and when I say need, you need to become as financially secure as possible in this year. And I think what we will find during this transit is how thin the line, how thin the line between financial security and insecurity we are. And that we are all virtually in some sort of way financially insecure. I think that was most demonstrated by the fucking government shutdown, right? I think we all have parents, you know, especially like middle class black people, you know, who are like, get you a good government job, right? And it's like, 
we saw in that moment that even working for the most kind of stable and like permanent and I put quotation marks around that because I think what we need to understand is that nothing is permanent right um these permanent you know forms uh, and structures within our society are just as fucking fickle as everything else you know what I mean there are people and no one is fucking talking about the way that these people have been impacted by this fucking government shutdown the conversation about this shit has virtually disappeared you know people are still struggling people are still fucking struggling it's very interesting you as I've mentioned before, I work for a service provider. So it was very interesting to kind of see that we, you know, given the fact that we were assisting people during the government shutdown, there are so many people who have been, you know, for had a certain amount of security. I'm, every time I say security, please imagine um, quotation marks around it because that's the point that I'm trying to make. A certain amount of security um, in their job position, in their social class, in their socioeconomic status. And those things were really just kind of in a matter of moments made to be nothing at all. And so all of these people who have never called an office to get food stamps, never ever in their fucking life had to deal with working with a social service organization to be able to meet some sort of sort of fundamental need within their household, just being able to have a place to fucking sleep, being able to pay your fucking phone bill, being able to pay your fucking light bill. People, all of these people all of a sudden are in need of access to these things, right? And I don't think that people understand that this is what's going to happen again. The last time Uranus was in Taurus was during the Great Fucking Depression. This was World War II right where we had to enter a fucking war to become a fucking superpower and to restabilize our fucking economy because people were so fucking poor and so fucking miserable in our fucking country people lined up to get food you know what i mean to get bread and fucking soup watery ass bread and fucking soup you know what i mean and i'm not saying that it's going to be that extreme but i definitely do think that people need to watch what is happening to our economy and what is happening with finances on a very personal level on a, on a very collective level as well because it's insane you know and so we will be called in question to rethink again the way that we navigate our financial system you know and we will be given the opportunity to possibly change that now will we i don't fucking know i to be quite honest i do not believe that's the case you know because of the stubborn huh, i really have to do an episode about the astrology of our country because my god um the stubborn nature of the uh cancerian um or the inability of for the of the cancerian to realize when they're fucking up and when the things that are happening are a result of their problem and they just sit around and they fucking walk away from them or hide from them, right? Um, all the, the hiding animals, the, the scorpions, the fucking, the crabs, what other animals hide? In the fucking zodiac. There's a couple of you bitches. Anyway, I'm joking. Um, and so, you know, this is kind of one of the major things that we'll be dealing with. Um, we'll be dealing with the way that technology, and I just tweeted about this yesterday, technology is going to impact the way that we navigate the financial system. There is this book um, called Give People Money. Um, I definitely in encourage you to check it out. It is by Annie Lowry, um, and it is about universal basic income. And so 
she writes for it is either the Washington Post or the Atlantic I'm not sure I think it's the Atlantic Ooh, four, four, four. Um, and she and she has written multiple articles um, about the uh, universal basic income and one of the ones that was very interesting to me this is a conversation that we talk about at my job because you know poverty eradication organization um, and so the the policy side of what is being done in the issue of poverty is of course very important to us um, and so she talks about universal basic income um, of course the general idea is that there is a fixed amount of money that you give to people it is not oh let's give people social services or people have to sign up it's no there is this no strings attached money that you get just for existing right I don't I'm not saying that I agree with this concept or not. I'm just talking about it, okay? Bear with me. And so what she talks about is the fact that Silicon Valley at this moment is investing in organizations overseas that are experimenting with this idea of universal basic income and kind of piloting the idea in some, I believe, like, some villages in like sub-Saharan Africa. I think that it was like uh, it was like some village in Kenya. They uh, there's like five, six. I'm sorry, there were like 80 villages where they gave everybody a certain amount of money for the next year, and they're kind of tracking and seeing what kind of happens with with individuals that have kind of opted into participating in this program. Um, ultimately, to see if this is something that could work in our country. Now, why do I say that? So it goes on to say um, and talk about that it is of no surprise at all, right? We need to remember that Uranus is about technology. This is kind of the connection there. So like technology, basic structures of stability and security. Got it? Got it. Awesome. So talking about how the... Um, my God. I'm sorry. Let me stop apologizing. I'm driving. I may get distracted and stop talking. Okay. <laughs> um, how the basic structure what am I saying? Really bad. Um, how how um, basically basically we um basically you know they're at this time you know with all of these advancements in ai and automate you know in the automation of lots of different things whether it's self-driving cars um whether it is automation in fast food um in grocery stores you know we see the amazon store um i think there was i quote retweeted this yesterday mind you right now is the ninth um so look and try to find it um there is a presidential candidate i do not remember his name he's an asian gentleman who was talking about the um you know all of these areas in which and he is clearly a proponent of universal basic income um and he's talking about this automation and these advancements within um the tech arena that are kind of occurring and happening very quickly whether we are seeing them you know whether we are accepting them or not 
it is a movement that is kind of happening and happening very quickly right under our noses um and it, it will take away a lot of low skill you know jobs that lots of times people who are impoverished or low income folks lower um uh and lots of working class jobs um that people would usually have are about to disappear um so the ubers and the uber driving and all that other shit you know that we have people doing to kind of meet some sort of need or gap within their income as quickly as they have arrived they are about to fucking disappear um and so because of that there is less jobs on the market for people especially again those who are teetering on the edge of poverty people who are teetering on the edge of the lower middle class people who are already living deeply in poverty people who are part of marginalized communities that um and there are is some sort of limitation um, usually racialized. Um, uh, in my case, I'm thinking about immigrants and how lots of immigrants, especially in Washington, D.C., um, drive Uber. Um, and these are lots of times people who have a skill, who have a, a degree. Um, you know, at my job, you don't know how many times I come across people who are fucking translators, um, who've like worked at the fucking U, worked for the fucking UN, um, people who are fucking attorneys, architects, and because you know, their degree comes from a country that we be looking at sideways, it is damn near impossible for them to find work, right? Um, or because they do not have the connections or because lots of the people that they do know do not have access to or not in those industries, it is very difficult for them to get into them, right? And so all of these people kind of, you know, that being a, a subset of the, the, the group of people I'm talking about who is going to face the brunt of this, um, all of these jobs virtually gone, right? So what do we do? Um, because of course the skills gap is there. Um, it is insane. And I talked about this. I worked with young people apply, helping them apply for jobs and positions and they don't have basic computer skills. People who are younger than me, um, people who are maybe a couple years older than me don't know how to use a fucking computer. You know what I mean? Um, because our education system, right? Another one of our systems, um, as, oh, Uranus in Gemini is about to be even worse. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm just, my mind is moving so quickly right now. Um, all of these, you know, different areas, um, you know, we've failed people um, in so many ways um, on uh, in every, at every level um, because of our, again, arbitrary and ridiculous value systems that are based on shit that does not fucking matter like people's fucking skin color and their fucking gender um, or their national origin or their fucking religion um, or their, you know, economic class, um, which of course is a lot more aligned with the, the Torian thing, right? Um, and so all of these things, right? So all of these things kind of against people, um, kind of working against people already, um, you know, in Washington, D.C., they spend more money per capita on workforce development training than any other city in the world. And um, as someone who works and alongside and sees the things that are happening in this industry, you know, our turnout for events and programs are like nothing compared to the amount of people who are unemployed, right? And so, of course, there's this idea like, oh, let's just give people money, right? Why are we giving people money? We're giving people money because the gap between 
job opportunities between economic and financial stability for a lot of people is about to get dramatically wider. And Silicon Valley, um, these major tech companies, are really trying to ease their way um, and kind of trying to tame the masses with money. That's what the fuck it is. It's, you know. Um, and so this is something that I definitely think we should watch out for and look for during this time. This conversation will continue to be had. It will be one that is talked about during our election. Um, it will be one that is talked about in policy. Um, over the next couple of years. It is already a conversation that has been happening. It will just become a lot more popular and mainstream. If anything, it will be as popular and mainstream as the healthcare conversation, as the conversation about universal healthcare um, and universal higher education. Um, and that'll be a very interesting discussion to kind of watch um, that unfolds on our political, um, in the political arena. Going back to the personal things, right? And going back to that breath. I'm sorry I kind of took a really big kind of tangent, um, but it was a necessary one. You feel informed, right? You feel smart, you feel intelligent, you think you know something, you can go to your fucking job and talk to your coworkers about universal basic income and how it connects to astrology. You're welcome. Um, so on a personal level, um, you know, so for Aries right now, there was the stripping away, the destruction, um, the chaos ensued by the need to redefine the self um, and to define your identity truly, right? And so in that, it is, ah, all of these things are changing. It is becoming aware of the truth of who you are. And now with Chiron and Aries, you get to become who you truly are by transcending you have seen the point to which you need to transcend um, personal wounds. And now you will be given the opportunity to transcend personal wounds with Chiron and Aries, right? Pisces, you just ended this, but you also have Neptune in Pisces that you'll kind of deal with until 2025. And I feel like that is making your ability to conceptualize, like, to use the word conceptualize, in relation to Pisces was really funny. And that's no shame. Um, but to use that in... I have a Pisces ceiling. Like, it's no shame. Um, you know, to conceptualize what is happening to you is made that much more difficult because you're facing this as well. So there is a certain amount of... an element of confusion that exists. Um, and, you know, Aries, you will face this as well. And so... You... Um, than the, the seven or nine 
nine or how many fucking years Chiron is about to spend in Aries. And that is incredibly, you can, you can sigh, you can let out the, the deep sigh of relief, right? Um, yeah. So what else are we going to talk about? Okay, I think I'm going to, I'm going to leave it at that. Um, if you want a personal reading, hmm, I might try to create some sort of spread related to Uranus. Um, some sort of tarot spread so that we can kind of talk about that for people. Um, for my Taurus moons, I've had so many Taurus moon clients lately. Um, the idea of, because that was kind of specifically at like Taurus suns, right? Or the Taurus moons, the person you were raised to be, you are about to see the holes I don't know how to say that. You're about to see like the holes or the distortion between that and who you are. So there, for some of you, there could be some contention with, with parents. Um, there could be some, you know, a lot of unresolved and kind of like issues according to like your parents and how you were raised that you're kind of brought to or that are kind of brought into the forefront um and you're going to be asked to become a different person or you're going to be asked to look at the way that you were raised in a different way and to utilize the values um and comforts that have been kind of instilled in you in a lot more in a way that is conducive to you becoming yourself, if that makes sense, right? Sorry. Um, I think that's all I'm going to say with that. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the rest of the month. Let's take a break first. No. If you want to pause right here, you can just pause. But let's talk about the rest of the month. If you, like me, have felt like, so far, and we're only four days in, Mercury retrograde has not been that deep, you are relatively correct. I think what you should be aware of is that come airy season, everything is about to be very, very, very different. And I do not think that we will really face or see the intensity of this Mercury retrograde until we get to Aries season. Aries season is going to have you feeling like it's time to go. You're going to feel energized. You're going to feel like, oh shit, this is fucking amazing. Oh shit, this is awesome. There's going to be a full moon. So um, I believe the first day of the season is a full moon, which is awesome. But it's also a bit, you know, it's a lot. Um there's going to be a full moon so a lot of really 
emotionally charged energy just kind of pulsating through the air um just be aware of that um in addition to that at the around that week is when mercury is about to start approaching neptune i talked about um the Neptune conjunct Mercury aspect before. I had made like a quick tweet thread about the um, astrology of the um, the country China um, who has a Mercury Neptune conjunction and it talks about the way that our idea of things versus our idea of things and our ideals of things there being a sort of blurred line or a delusion in terms of some of the ideas or concepts or attitudes that we have about particular things and in this um in this way, I was framing it in terms of the, the one-child rule. Um, ironically, their Neptune-Mercury conjunction is in the eighth house of repressions. Um, of death. Of debt. Things that are owed. Is this the road? Yeah. I'm going to pull over so that I can finish before I get to this gate. And this woman asked me for my ID. Um, okay. Where do I pull over? I'm going to pull over right here. So I can finish this. Because it shouldn't take long. Um, 11, 11, make a wish. Woo! Okay. Um, the... Yes, so with the one child rule, and it is, of course, in the... I believe the conjunction is in the sign Libra, too, right? So the idea of women, the idea of uh, femininity, the idea, the application of the concept, right? Um, the one child rule, um, had a devastating, um, you know, it was about fairness. It was about harmony. It was about balance. We're going to restore, we're going to keep things harmonious and balanced by creating this one child rule so that there aren't too many people, but also we're going to enforce this rule where people think that boys are luckier than girls. And so we are killing all of these, um, what's it called? Um, infant girls um, and now we have a China in which their men outnumber women tremendously right and because of the backlash of you know because of the way that this is kind of unfolded you know women are in a way a commodity and they get to be the choosers right and so basically men have to be rich as fuck loaded as fuck you know have to be the best in order to get a wife, 
right? Like they, you know, so like the the standards by which men must adhere to um, have increased dramatically um, in the country of China because of this rule, right? So I think that puts in perspective on a very macro scale um, what this um, transit looks like or what can happen um, or what this aspect looks like, right? So we take that, let's take that and put that on a, a very tiny scale. It will be very easy to be very confused um, and to be a little bit unrealistic um, and to not really foresee the effects of some of the decisions, some of the things that you're saying, you know, some of the things that you're some of the ideas that you're sharing, some of the interactions that you're making with people, it'll be very easy to deceive yourself into thinking that you're doing something one way and to learn and find out that it ends up being a completely different way, right? So once Mercury stations direct on the 28th for an entire week, it will remain at 16 degrees of Pisces. And so it will remain in this conjunction to the planet Neptune and I promise you everything that you did is about to undo everything all of the decisions all of the things you'll be like what the fuck is happening which is very scary to think right but I think I just would like people to be prepared um to see things just be in uh, an extreme disarray um towards the end of March March madness it's insane it's crazy this is the quiet before the storm um, yeah, other things to keep in mind every time that the moon goes into Chiron, you're gonna be like, oh, ah! and that internal child wound that you have is gonna be woke the fuck up every single time. So, don't be surprised if during the next seven years, you know, I personally I love moon and Aries as a natal placement, but I hate when the transiting moon is in Aries because everyone wants to get bucked, everybody has a fucking attitude, everyone is taking everything personally, everybody wants to fucking fight, everyone wants to get upset, and it's about to be that times two every time that the moon passes over the planet Chiron. So if you already thought bitches was in their feelings, they're really about to be in their fucking feelings, okay? That is all. This episode was a bit nonsensical, but it also was really fun, at least to me. I hope you had fun. Um, I'm about to spend some time with my family. Um, I will be... What updates do I have? If you are interested in a reading, DM me. I've done a lot of really fun and interesting readings over the last couple of months. Definitely excited to do more. Um, DM me on either Twitter or Instagram. My account is youwomanyou. Um, still working on all of the things. I will be doing tarot readings at a brunch of art, which is an event that is happening on April 6th. Let me, I'm just pulling up my calendar on April 6th at Big Chief in Northeast DC. Um, look it up on, what is it called? Eventbrite, if you're in the area, if you wanna go, if you just wanna come by and 
eat brunch and have fun and look at art and all these really amazing vendors, lots of um, vendors of color, um, including myself. Um, so if you want to support that, definitely come by. It's going to be really, really awesome and amazing. Thank you, Lauren and Darius, for sending that opportunity to me. I definitely really appreciate it. Um, I'll be doing that. And then I do have a couple of other things in the works that I will announce as they kind of happen. I will be sure to advertise this on my Twitter and my Instagram so that you all can remember. Eventually, sometime this week, um, I will put my listing of my prices at the end of every season. My prices are about to go up. I would like you to know that right now. I'm going to be very transparent with you and say that. Um, I am going to be transitioning it to a increase in my prices as well as a use of sliding scale as well. But the bottom of the sliding scale is going to be a lot higher. Not a lot higher, but it's going to be higher than it was before. Um, so get your readings in um, before Taurus season. All right, Taurus season, all about that money. Um, I think that's it. Um, I need to go because my parents cannot leave the house until I get there. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you soon. Bye.